Hi, this is Matt from Working Fintech. I'm delighted to be joined today by the Lord Mayor of the City of London, William Russell, and he's going to be interviewed by Amrit Katkar, one of Working Fintech's founder members, who's doing a master's in computer science at the University of Birmingham. So, so William, you know, we we met two years ago in in March 2019 in on a fintech trade mission to China, and obviously the world has changed a significant amount since then. And then for you in your role, you know, there's there's been lots of challenges in the in the last year or so, but obviously obviously lots of opportunity, something that you probably have deep in your own DNA that you've you've managed to get yourself in into the role of Lord Mayor um, and you can really make a big significant change with with where we are now and kind of where we are going forward. But for the people listening to this, can you actually explain what is the role of the Lord Mayor and what does your job entail? Sure. And, and thank you, uh, Matt, for this uh, and good to meet you, Emery. So I'm uh, the ambassador for financial and professional services for the whole of the UK, and that employs 2.3 million people, of which two thirds of those employed are um, outside of London. Uh, and normally, I would be traveling 100 days of the year, going to over sort of 25 to 30 different countries, uh, promoting uh, financial professional services, which is 7% of the GDP of, of the UK. It's a massive business industry, 11% of the tax take as well. But that's changed. And I'm in my second year because of COVID-19 as Lord Mayor. And the last time that happened was 1860, 1861. Uh, and uh, I openly admit that uh, I had never heard of Teams or Zoom until March 2020. Uh, and I know many people hadn't, but uh, I have probably reached more people as Lord Mayor than any other Lord Mayor in the history of the mayoralty. And that dates back to 1189. And that's the exciting thing is that sometimes out of tragedy and events like this, there are positive things. Uh, and I think uh, that, that, you know, from that perspective, um, you know, that, that the positive is as, as Lord Mayor and, 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 and we're talking specifically about fintech, I think we've reached more people. And so the city in general is has a tradition for being a, a powerhouse when it comes to financial markets and, and now more recently fintech. Uh, over the past decade, we've seen the startup space really explode. I think 40% of European tech startups are unicorns and the base out of that are based out of London and the UK. And now moving forward, there's been a strategic alignment for fintech to be a crucial part of that. What are the plans for the Lord's Mayor office uh, for not only retaining the UK's crown for fintech, but also outperforming the rest of the world? So our plans are, are to continue to in, encourage uh, fintech and the ecosystem here in the city of London, but as I say, the whole of the UK. Now, if we look back, one of the reasons why fintech has been so successful is because our regulation our regulator, the FCA, with Project Innovate dating back five or six years ago now, started that process. And you know about the sandbox, and now we've got the digital sandbox. Uh, and so we'll continue to stay ahead of others. Um, and I think that's a critical part of it. But also, um, the other part, which is, is critical, is the talent. And Amrit, we were you know, talking, you're in Birmingham. Birmingham's got huge amounts of talent. And the good news is a lot of that talent staying in Birmingham uh, having left one of the five universities of which you're at one, but Manchester's the same. Um, as I said, you know, 55% I hear are staying now in Birmingham. At Manchester, just to get one over Birmingham, tell me it's 60%. So, uh, but that's what we want. Uh, in my day, and I was a, I'm an alumni of, uh, alumnus, alumni of, uh, of Durham University, you know, we all came to London. But what's happened is that the ecosystem has become UK wide. Um, I always say there are 146 fintech companies up in Scotland, and you know that there are different hubs now, and Cardiff and Bristol and Belfast. 
So it's incredibly exciting, over 1,600 fintechs. So for me, the most important thing we can do is, yes, the main hub is London, uh, and we've got to maintain uh, that hub because from London that filters out to the rest of the UK, uh, and we've got to encourage that talent uh, to come here. And that's partly, uh, that encouragement is London is a great place to live It's a, 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 as well, uh, but so is the UK. So you know, it, it's really maintaining our status as the uh, as the uh, the fintech center of the world, in my opinion. And that ecosystem is very much part of it. Uh, and to be frank, it probably starts here in London. And as I said, uh, has a big effect on the rest of the country. So from my personal experience wor- working in London in the city, one of the greatest benefits is the network effect, particularly for young professionals, the network effect. It really enhances your, your opportunity to meet new people from different backgrounds and different professions. From your experience, what do you think makes the city so special? Well, I mean, I, I, I love the history. And I, when I took, we, we took over as, as, as Lord Mayor, um, someone turned to me and said, you know, it's about traditional modernity. And that is one of the things that we, it's very special. I mean, I'm here and I love, I'm talking to you from the mansion house. I'm looking, if I look down the road, I can see St. Paul's Cathedral, probably my favorite, uh, uh, building in the world. And I just look and say, how did it survive? It survived the Blitz. It was built after the, the fire of London. You know, as I said, the Meralty dates back to 1189. So we have all that, that, that tradition, uh, which we should never underestimate. We also have the modernity. And I look at Eastern Cluster and 22 Bishop's Gates, now the tallest building, going to house 11,000 people. Uh, and then I look at the cultural side of it, uh, the rule of law, the language, I mean, it, we, you know, we have it, we have it all. Uh, and that is one of our biggest assets. And uh, when people uh, come from overseas to work here, uh, you know, their first destination is, uh, is London. And that's why, in a way, that, that the immigration and visa system that uh, the Chancellor's just been talking about is absolutely critical. And finally, I've coming back to my point about, you know, uh, maintaining the graduates in Birmingham, Manchester. In fact, it may be becoming even more critical for London because we need to retain, as I said, that talent. Uh, but, you know, it's critical for, for, for the whole UK and we need that, that talent to continue to come in. All the big corporates and fintech companies. So I'll give you one example. Uh, TransferWise, now Wise, uh, said to me one of the major reasons why they doubled down in London was because of the talent was here in London and they couldn't see it anywhere else. And so that we just got to keep that that going. We've got a recovery task force paper that we put out. We've got a, a city recharged. Uh, we've got come up with something called um, the Square Mile Future City. So we're doing a lot looking at the next five years as well as maintaining that uh, that our uh, the, the, the climate side where we've uh, uh, committed to to zero emissions by 2040 because your generation has a lot more around social purpose than my generation we all came to money because that's where all the riches were but actually now there's this you know you have it you're, you're much better at it than than we were uh, and and i think london has to maintain that that attractiveness for uh, around social purpose as well yeah, and I guess an important part, an important aspect that we've seen over the past year is how, I guess, some of the aspects of, of working that we didn't expect to be transformed digitally with the likes of Zoom and of Teams has, has really come to the fore as a result of the pandemic. Uh, and I think recently you stated that the office is not dead and we're starting to see that transition back. I think a lot more companies are starting to get people more into the office and there's benefits of, as, as we've mentioned, networking. Why is it important for, for companies in particular to continue to invest in offices in the city? Uh, 
um, what is the value add for those companies? So, I mean, I've been talking to many of the companies about, about this. And, and as you said, um, the office is not dead. We're, we're going down the hybrid model. We used to have 525,000 people coming in every day to the square mile back in February 2020. We will get back there one day. I'm not going to predict when it will be. Uh, but uh, talking to uh, a lot of people around um, the offices here, you know, we're looking two or three days uh, coming into the office. Uh, work from home, if anything, was so has been too successful. I mean, the business is still making good profits. Things are going well, as you know, in fintech. You know, our friends in the VC world in Silicon Valley are investing in our fintech companies just by doing calls over Zoom, uh, we, which we never imagined would happen, but it is happening. Um, so, as far as um, you know, and, and that sustainable footprint has become has become an important part of the, of the process. Um, but you don't have a culture. Uh, it's difficult to create a culture over Zoom. As, uh, you know, here we are, the three of us, uh, you know, having that sort of quiet word over the water cooler or a beer in the pub or a, a glass of wine at the wine bar at the end of the day, say, what do you think of this? Uh, I, I say there's, there's no such thing as an open door policy on Zoom. Uh, and, it's, it, and I think that's important. And all, all the business I'm talking to say the same. So the, the issues they've got to do is work out how they, which groups come in when, as we know, everyone wants to come in on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. And I can tell you it's noticeable already uh, outside how Mondays and Fridays are much quieter and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are, are very busy. And my children tell me that the, the, the new Thursday, Wednesday is the new Thursday when it comes to, to going out in the evenings. Um, so it, look, it, it is important, and uh, but we've got to adapt around it. So when people come into the office, uh, let's say they're commuting from further away because they now have moved further out. You know, some people are saying, well, we're coming in. We're going to spend Tuesday night, Wednesday night in a hotel in London, uh, go out uh, to the theatre in the evening or go to a restaurant. It's more than just coming to the office, which is why we in the city have to create you know, better open spaces, more al fresco dining. Maybe it's year all year round, uh, and we're adapting to all of those things uh, in order to make the city as attractive uh, as possible. But um, but all this, all I'm hearing is is that you know the office, as I said, isn't dead. It's very important to create that culture, share ideas. Um, I was, uh, you know, I did I had been say, known to say that. You know, uh, uh, it's difficult to do a huge amount of creativity over Zoom. I think you can do a certain amount of creativity, and we've seen that. But then the idea generation, person to person, you know, you go on that offsite. Uh, you can't uh, an offsite over Zoom isn't quite the same, is it? No, I, I came into the city last week for my for my first face to face client meeting. So I went I went in to see TPI Cap. They got their new buildings. We were we were apparently the first vendor back in the building for like the, for a year. Um, and we we sat down and we had a two hour face to face meeting, brainstorming whiteboards, and and it was a very very productive meeting. That same group actually the week before I took them out for beers in the city. Um, but it's but that's you know as a fintech you know sales is a big part of what you do, and that process that's an important part of getting a deal done. You know having having the social element and actually getting in a room, getting undivided attention. I found that in that session. 
the people I was with, you had 100% of their attention rather than when you're on a Zoom call, you might answer a few emails or um, you know, the, the doorbell might ring or whatever it, whatever it may be. Yeah, so it's and and I, that's that's another reason why I'm kind of being quite vocal about getting back into the city as well because there's lots of important things like that which is fantastic for the city and and I think I bumped into five people who were doing the same on that day. Yeah, we're getting there and FOMO is working well because everyone who's coming up is saying oh, what a great time they're having and uh, now we've got the good weather. So I mean, look, we don't know what's going to happen June the twenty first, but you know we're already sort of more than halfway there in my opinion because meeting people can come back in i mean it's the messaging from government really until the government says you can go in uh even there's nothing legally stopping you from going to the office but until the government says everyone come back to the office then there's that that at the moment some people who are generally nervous about coming out and i totally get that uh a sort of uh, and and senior leaders are saying well the government's not encouraging this back yet so we can't can't have a flood back. But in a way, I, I think it's good if it's a slow comeback, because if we had a flood, then it would cause cause probably too much nervousness too much mayhem, I suspect. Well, I think another point is um, work-life balance as well. I think at home, you can, you can tend to get wrapped up in things, whereas when you're in the office, you sort of have, uh, you're amongst a group of people who are following a similar sort of time schedule, and you have a work life, and then your home life. And I think I think that's really beneficial for people, uh, particularly our generation. It's an important thing that a lot of people are sort of considering. So, so yeah, um, it, it, it's it's very important. I think that there is definitely a hybrid balance out, um, for people. Great. Well, it's it's always good to hear from 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 the younger generation. That's what you think as well. It's probably the older generation is more of the challenge because you know they're they're further up the housing ladder and are enjoying being at home. But also the mentoring bit is really important. I'll just add that in is there's so much to learn uh, from from other people. And that is, is, is an important part of it as well, is, is there is so much mentoring. I mean, I just remember asking the, you know, what you, you know, those silly questions which you don't want to ask in front of a whole group of people on Zoom, but you can say quietly, it may sound like a, a stupid question, but can you help me with this bit? You just, they're coming back to your point, Matt. I think that's right. I think that is so important. Yeah, I mean, I, I undertook a virtual internship last year and having been in the city the year before that, it's it doesn't replace the, the effects that you get from just shadowing individuals and being in that environment where you, you learn more actually from the culture than sometimes from the work you're doing. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely a huge value add, I think, being in the city and operating in that environment. If we sort of take it forward to green tech and fintech more specifically... Uh, the City of London has played a huge role in the Green Horizon Summit and it's contributed to the Khalifa Fintech Review. There are a, a lot more green and fintech firms that are appearing, uh, particularly in the UK and in London. Why is it necessary or important for green tech and fintech firms to set up in the city, particularly at the, t- at the moment? I think we spoke about a lot of these points, but particularly for green tech and fintech firms. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I want to stress... You know, we would love them to set up in the city, but my view is, as I say, I look at the UK uh, as a whole ecosystem. Um, so if you aren't setting up here, setting up somewhere in the UK would be great. So we held the Green Horizon Summit back in uh, November. And uh, to be frank, it was much more successful than we ever thought it would be. Uh, I co-hosted it with Mark Carney. 
And uh, it's all about, it, it's getting finance on board and we call it green finance. And I call it about, call it to say, you know, we're greening finance and financing green. And eventually in the next five years, hopefully, or even sooner, the word green won't be in front of finance because all finance will have to be green. Um, without finance, we aren't going to get anywhere near the 2050 zero emissions target. Uh, and what you're being able to see now is people are focusing uh, really on 2030, uh, because if we keep focusing on 2050, we won't get to the point where we, we need to get look at what we've got to achieve in the next nine years and then say, OK, we've got 20 years to get to the next goal. Um, but finance is going to be a critical part of it. And that's where the city uh, does come in massively uh, uh, around that. And that uh, and whether it's fintech or green tech, everything's merging in because coming back to my point, you know, green fintech, you could call it whatever. I mean, my view about fintech, of course, is it should be called TechFin anyway, because but it's got the fintech brand and we've got various things underneath it. Um, but, but, you know, it's been very, very successful. And we have this massive opportunity with the G7 COP26 coming up to be the green centre. Uh, I noticed today uh, our friends in Singapore, who I have a huge respect for, are very quick at moving into the, are looking, opening a new carbon markets there. We're trying to do the same here. Uh, and you know, there's room for both of us. Uh, we can be, you know, there, but it, with the Asian bit, with Indonesia down the road and Malaysia, you can see why that would be a great market uh, based in Singapore. So these are all these sort of opportunities I see uh, here in the city. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I just think uh, green is the future. So, um, and and we will recognize that. And you can just already see there is a little bit of a, a green bubble developing because uh, the capital's there, the finance is all there to invest in these green projects. We now need the projects. And it's great to see that potentially there's a huge project, uh, giga battery, giga battery um, project up in Bly, up in Northumberland. But those are the sort of things we need. We've got to put in charges. We've got retrofitting 26 million plus homes by 2050. Uh, it's an exciting space. A huge number of jobs will be created. And as Mark Carney always has said, this is a, the greatest investment opportunity of a generation. It seems like green tech or technology that is involved in the renewable space and green space is, is following a sort of similar trajectory to, to, to fintech in a way, maybe a few years earlier and um, it's, it's very interesting to see how that how that progresses and how important it important a part it plays in in the UK as a whole. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that totally. I mean, I look at I do I do. I, we've had fintech, and the next big opportunity is green finance, green tech, green fintech, whatever you want to call it. You can see the momentum. Absolutely agree with you. I'm interested to know how you think that green tech plays a role in the finance world. How how does that transform more materially? I think I don't think it's spoken about as often as maybe it should be. What what do you think the vision is for for those finance firms that are operating sort of in that green space as well? Well, I think the vision is they're looking very much longer term. Um, you know, I know uh, my uh, you know NatWest are taking this. Very, uh, all, all finance firms are. I mean, they all have. So, so I happen to have a. Uh, a, a friend of mine who's at university who's now head of climate strategy at NatWest and talking to, to to him about what they're looking at and they're sponsoring uh, COP but also uh, Barclays are doing green mortgages they're looking at everything and then look at what BlackRock's doing uh, so the big firms are looking at at, uh, uh, at everything and how they can uh, not be accused by the way of greenwashing which is the big issue uh, but look at just last week um, 
you know, with the news of, uh, of, of Royal Dutch Shell and ExxonMobil and Chevron, those votes. So in a way, I think asset management has a crucial role to play, as does private equity, as do the banks. Uh, this, that, you know, if you're an asset manager, you're, you're the conduit between the corporate and the shareholder. And the shareholders, the likes of the three of us, are pushing to say, we, sorry, we've got to get this sorted. And this is the next big crisis. So, so I, I think without, I mean, reiterating the point, without uh, the green finance and the city, we are not going to achieve it. And, and the, the, the trillions of dollars that needs to be spent to get to that zero emissions 2050 has to come from, from the city. But also it is this, this opportunity for uh, us to become the green finance center of the world, which I sort of feel we are at the moment. You look at the number of green bonds that are being issued on the London Stock Exchange, uh, and we've got our own sovereign green bond uh, coming as well uh, before COP, uh, which is a minimum of 15 billion. I think it could be more than that. And then we've also got, uh, you know, TCFD, which I'm sure you know uh, all about, where, you know, uh, you know, sign up to the financial disclosures, the climate change financial disclosures. That's mandatory by 2025. I think everyone's going to sign up way before then because it seems to have got them momentum. But the other thing is, you know, the, the financing through the biodiversity side. And there's a uh, I think it's called the, uh, the TNFD, which is the, the nature finance disclosures, which is biodiversity as well. And, you know, we joke beforehand, I'm probably the first Lord Mayor to drink oat milk. But look, that's the way we're headed. And your generation is driving us there. Your generation has a huge opportunity here as well uh, to be involved, but also to influence uh, massively us older ones who... Uh, you know, probably eat too much beef still, whatever. You know, you know the sort. You know where the methane is, but it is happening. I mean, my daughter's a vegetarian, and it's constantly giving me a hard time if I eat beef. I mean, you know, I think it, we don't all stop. I mean, if you stop completely, then my farming friends have said all the meadows are going to have no, you know, overgrown, and what do we do with that? So, you know, it, it, it's like everything. I think there's a balance, uh, and also I know that the technology, as John Kerry says. Uh, you know, we don't even know the technology is going to influence uh, getting us to where we want to get to by 20. It's probably just about to be reinvented. And people say that seaweed is the next thing that our, our, the cattle are going to start eating and that's going to produce less methane. So there's so many things going on. It's incredibly exciting as our lifestyle and the world changes. So just to wrap up, William, because we've got a couple of minutes left. Um, we've been talking about this kind of abundance of opportunity in both fintech and green tech. What would you say to young people that are kind of studying at the moment or just beginning to look at their careers? Because for me, the point of working fintech is to say you need to be looking at this because it's the place to be. What would what kind of recommendation or advice would you give to young people, given your own experience as well and your own kind of career path and you've got children yourself? What would you say to those people looking to get into green tech or fintech or, or just working in the city? So, so I would say um, go for it. Uh, you know, you're going to be busy until 2050 because there's a long time to go getting to zero emissions. And we're all, it's all intertwined. This generation, you're much more entrepreneurial, which I think is great. I mean, I, I, as I said, I have, um, children and, and my, my youngest son said to me the other day, I don't want, you know, go into the corporate world. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do my own thing. This is what this generation, your generation is about. Uh, and I think that is incredibly exciting for the UK and for everyone as individuals. And, and green tech is a massive opportunity. So, I mean, whether it's um, getting involved in the, the farming side, the retrofitting side, the, you know, the renewable side, whatever. I mean, there is lots to do. And, and, and the tech is going to drive a lot of that. 
uh, going forward in the financial services. So I would I would go for it. And the other thing I always say is that if you get the opportunity to go and hear about these things, I always say to young people, always say yes to an event because you never know what you're going to learn, who you're going to meet. It could change your whole career view and what you want to do. So, look, I'm excited. I'm excited for the UK uh, and for the City of London uh, because we have this uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to save the world, but also to be very much involved through green tech and fintech and green as a whole uh, involved in helping to do that. Fantastic. Lord Mayor William Russell, thank you very much for this interview. It was, it was very insightful. And thank you, Amrit. <laughs>